Welcome back to the Ordinary Pastor Podcast. I'm John Payne here with my friend Jared Mellinger. We both serve as pastors in Sovereign Grace, uh, me in Austin, Texas, Jared outside of Philadelphia, and we also serve on the leadership team. And we've been talking recently about um, what we're calling the shaping va- virtues, <laughs> the shaping virtues of, of Sovereign Grace. We have seven shared values, which are kind of doctrinal priorities we've emphasized in our family of churches accented, but we've wanted to introduce this category of shaping virtues as those character traits that are uh, birthed out of the gospel that that we hope uh, will increasingly define us as a family of churches, things that we've learned from historic sovereign grace pastors that we value and cherish that we see as crucial in building healthy churches. So uh, anyway, Jared, great to be with you again, man. Thanks for being here. It is always great to see you and to enjoy fellowship with you, John. Excellent. Well, we want to talk about the the virtue of a gratitude. Um, this is something I am grateful, no pun intended, truly grateful to talk about just because of how pervasive it is in the scriptures. And, and yet it's a value that we, a virtue that we can tend to um, forget to emphasize as pastors in our own hearts and lives, in our families, and in our churches. And so we, we want to kind of put it front and center. So let's just start there. Let's start by maybe a survey. Where do we see the priority of gratitude? Where would you see the priority of gratitude in the scriptures? Why would we make this one of a short list of virtues that we want to accent? Yeah, I I think uh, first of the book of Psalms and how constant the the uh praise the thanksgiving the expressions of gratitude to god uh, are in in that book and from the psalmist i will give thanks to you o lord my god with my whole heart uh, psalm 86 verse 12 uh, and on through this just idea of 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 giving thanks to god as the one who is the giver of every good and perfect gift the yes. the foundation for 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 a life of gratitude is recognizing that God is uh, a God who has blessed us and yes. been gracious to us in Christ in so many ways. And when we consider all of His mercies to us, how can we not say, "Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is yes. within me"? And so, a, a thankful heart. Is uh, is cultivated the more that we we remember and understand and uh, appreciate all of the ways that God has been so exceedingly good to us, and yes. uh, you know I think that there's the, then when you move into the New Testament there are many commands to mm-hmm. it's both modeled in uh, in the life of the Apostle Paul in particular this life of gratitude and it is then commanded to give thanks to the Lord. Uh, Colossians 3 is one of those places, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you're called in one body and be thankful. And then we're called to uh, teach and admonish one another, singing songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. So when we gather, when we sing, there's to be the presence of thankfulness in our hearts. And then in verse 17 of Colossians 3, and whatever you do, this comprehensive statement, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So it's this picture of, of a life of 
gratitude. Uh, and also gratitude is is commanded and and commended to us in scripture. Mm. Not only because we have all of our sins forgiven, because we've been welcomed into God's family, but God also richly provides us with everything to enjoy. First Timothy yes. six seventeen, and so we're blessed in the gospel, and we're blessed as well through His common grace. He He makes the sun rise and the rain fall on the just and the unjust. And there are so many ways every day of our lives that we experience his blessings. The fact that we have the gift of life, the fact that we are able to speak and communicate every breath that we take, uh, the fact that we have food and and clothing and shelter uh, and friendship, all of these things are part of the uh, the blessings of God for which we are to give gratitude to him. Yes. Excellent. Yeah, I, I was thinking about, um, and just looking here at, at, at Exodus 15, you know, the great Old Testament paradigm of salvation in the Exodus. And, you know, what do we learn from what's recorded there? Um, one of the things we learn is that immediately after that rescue, Moses leads the people of Israel in this song of praise, basically a song of thanksgiving for that rescue. And, and then you look ahead, you know, all the way to the end of scripture and that, that same idea of being rescued, there they are standing on the side of the sea, you know, in Revelation, it was kind of a recapitulation of that. They've come through, they're, they're safe, their enemies have been destroyed. And, and, and there's this sense that gratitude is the desired atmosphere that God has for his people, that they are there to be overflowing not in a a god flattery uh as if you know we're just supposed to be positive people uh regardless of what's happening but in actual objective references to what he has truly done yeah. for his people so that when the people live in gratefulness uh they are being what god has made them to be um and I think there is also a warning how seriously God takes ungratefulness in Scripture. I think you can see that in, in Romans 1, where I think I, I find Romans 1 sometimes to be a revealer of my um, maybe a, a lower placed priority I put on gratefulness than God does. Mm. When, when, when Paul says they don't honor him as God, I, I get that or give thanks to him. I, mm. I don't always get that. Where, where for God, a summarizing condemnation of the wicked is that they do not return to God in thanksgiving what he has provided. Mm. That is a yeah. top level summarizing condemnation of the failure of mankind is that it does not give thanks to the generosity of God. Mm. So th I th those, those kinds of high level patterns in scripture, what you're saying that the overwhelming commands that were given, I think they should just drive us to this priority of thankfulness. Um, I also think and comment on this, um, bro, tell me what you think. I, I, thankfulness is a discipline because our, our, our old self leans toward discontentment and fear. I think thankfulness is one of those things where it requires a walking by the spirit, the discipline of choosing to see the provision of God rather than what we don't have. So again, you can go back to the Israelites mm -hmm. choosing to emphasize their salvation from Egypt 
rather than than focusing on the food that they didn't see in front of them, the water they didn't see in front of them, you know, the the desert wanderings that that pressed them towards ungratefulness and doubt, where gratefulness was supposed to be this bastion against the inclinations of the sinful heart. Mm-hmm. Um, so we need the discipline of gratefulness, not only because it's positively commanded and not only because ungratefulness is condemned in scripture, but also because it guards us from a lack of faith and doubt mm-hmm. and a low view of God's provision for the future. It, it keeps us fixated on, on who God actually is. So any comments yeah. on that? Yes. Well, there's not a doubt that our natural human tendency because of our sinful hearts every day will lean in the direction of discontentment and grumbling and complaining. I mean, that's part of the whole history of the people of God. As you mentioned throughout the Old Testament scriptures, they are rescued and they complain and God provides and they complain and they are comparing present provision with uh, what they had in the in the past in a way that's entirely inaccurate. And mm-hmm. um, so there is always a need to be proactively putting off complaining, grumbling, and putting on gratefulness and and reflecting on what are the reasons that I have to be thankful. Um, because God has given us so many reasons, and one of the things that I've that I've realized in, in talking about cultivate that discipline of of, of cultivating gratitude, mm-hmm. I tend to naturally be a more upbeat, uh, optimistic person. And so, if I think about okay, where you know, am I compl- complaining and grumbling? Well, what I've realized is it's possible for me to be avoiding complaining, but also walking in unthankfulness. Where I'm uh-huh. not positively, so it's it's I may be avoiding complaining, but am I positively giving thanks to God for His His many blessings? Well, that takes a whole way of viewing the world around us and the and the benefits that we've received in the gospel, where all is of grace, uh, all comes to us through God in His in his mercy and just going through the various areas of life and saying, all right, as a, uh, as a husband, as a father, uh, as a, as a, as a Christian and a churchman and a pastor, here are the, the reasons that I have in this area of responsibility or this area of, of my life to be exceedingly grateful for God's goodness to me. Excellent. Uh, G.K. Chesterton says that gratitude is happiness doubled by wonder, and I've always loved yeah. that that definition. That should be something of the, uh, the 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 tone of our lives—a happiness that's doubled by wonder, in light mm-hmm. of the ten thousand reasons that we have to bless the name of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I love the idea that that gratitude um, gives the lie to to our you know, our, our pride that wants to be self-sufficient as well, you know, so that we, gratitude acknowledges that we don't deserve something, mm-hmm. that something was given to us that we didn't earn, that we didn't have in ourselves. It does this in little ways and big ways, you know, the fact that we're married to a, a Christian woman, the fact that we have children, the fact that our children, 
love us to, to any degree, you know, the fact that we have any kind of health rather than sickness, it, gratitude just keeps in mind the difference, the gap between our deserving and our sufficiency, yes. which is yes. very low, and our receivings, which is very high. And it keeps that in front of you in a way that it, it you know, cultivated gratitude just is constantly fighting against pride and self-sufficiency in the sense of deserving something. Um, so it, it, I, I think it is a discipline that obviously every Christian should cultivate. But let's let's talk about pastors. Why um, is, and, and what are the unique ways maybe that this role ought to be pursuing gratefulness? Let's think in terms of leadership. Um, what effect does this have on pastoral teams? What effect does it have in terms of the disposition of a pastor towards his church? Why is a grateful pastor something that we want to emphasize and pursue in sovereign grace? Mm. Yes, as is always the case, the starting point is with ourselves and our own, our own hearts in cultivating gratitude. We want to be like that one leper when Jesus cleanses the 10 lepers in Luke 17. There is one who comes back and falls at Jesus's feet and gives him thanks. Yes. Um, I, I want to be the kind of person who is falling at the feet of Jesus and, and giving him thanks, not those who are taking his blessings for, for granted. But that is difficult in the church and, and, for, uh, and for pastors, certainly the presence of uh, criticism, the presence of discouragements, the presence of um, uh, weaknesses and sins in ourselves and in others can, can very easily uh, zap gratitude from our hearts. One of the striking things about the leadership of of the Apostle Paul, there's a fundamental thankfulness to God for his grace. And then there's also, if you say, what is it that, that Paul is giving thanks for? I think this is instructive for pastors in particular. So often his gratitude is thanksgiving for the people he is able to serve. And so First Thessalonians is a great example of this. Almost the first three chapters are just one extended thanksgiving. We give thanks to God always for all of you. Um, yes. What thanksgiving can we return to God for you, for all the joy that we feel for your sake before God? There is this sense of, of what Paul did was he privately thanked God for others genuine gratitude in his heart and then communicated to others that he's thanking yeah. God for them. Uh, that's, that is a key part of creating a, a culture of gratitude. It's, uh, it's gratitude to God for his grace and his goodness in the gospel and gratitude to God for others. And we need to equip people as well for maintaining gratitude in the midst of loss and yes. and suffering and sorrow the the command uh to give thanks in all circumstances yes. means that we never come across a circumstance in which part of the appropriate response and posture of our heart even in the midst of lament even in the midst of grief even in the midst of uh of calling out to god in distress is that we have reason to, to, to give thanks. Yes. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm struck by a, just a practical application here for pastors and for pastoral teams, I think, 
just to be asking the question in our pastoral intercession, um, which if it's not happening is um, the first thing that needs to change. <laughs> Pastors mm-hmm. are called to pray and, and certainly should be praying together, but it's worth, I mean, I, I, I have to challenge myself with this thought. Am I pr- praying gratitude to God for my church on a regular basis in private and in front of other pastors. There's always needs that can be lifted to the Lord, needs for spiritual growth, needs for practical provision. But am I actually in prayer saying, Mm. thank you, Lord, for Mm. this member, and thank you for that servant, and thank you for that leader, and thank you for this family, and thank you for that marriage that is not troubled. And thank you for that child that is not wandering. And thank you for that leader who has remained faithful for decades. And thank you for that person who is faithfully there on Sunday, rather than thinking only of the troubled marriage, the wandering child, the leader who's, you know, falling short in their task, the person who is not present on Sunday. Um, we, We can be so conscious of the needs that are present or the failures that are present and instead of actually practically giving thanks. And I think that is revealed then on Sundays. Mm. I think pastors that don't give thanks in private or don't notice the evidences of God's grace in private and in their own heart, in the internal chambers of their own mind, rarely give thanks on Sundays. And when they do, it seems perfunctory and like grateful tokenism rather than just the overflow of what's happening perpetually in private. I think that's what we see in Paul, a perpetually thankful pastor who just overflows in his public communication. And that's what I think we want to see in in Sovereign Grace pastors. It's it's not just like saying thank you on occasion on a Sunday, but then allowing that private thankfulness to overflow. And I think to speak to this too, Jared, because I think as we look culturally even in evangelicalism, even in, you know, Christianity at large, there is the danger of a cynical self-righteousness, certainly in our culture. And we'd be fools to think it isn't at least tempting uh, Christians to to imbibe that kind of, where cynicism seems safer, gratefulness can seem vulnerable, as if you're not aware of needs, problems, weaknesses. Um, and, and living in a kind of self-protective quality, mm-hmm. um, let alone a, a, a sort of normal mode of pointing out what's wrong um, with others, with the world. I mean, obviously, social media tends to be fueled by, in my opinion, often is fueled by self-righteous indignation. <laughs> That's yeah. what seems to go viral. <laughs> Look yeah. at this terrible thing. Um, you know, you don't tend to see you know, the guy overflowing with gratefulness going viral. You tend to see the person who's outraged at something. And and I, I think we need to, to resist that as the normal mode. Um, but I think also be conscious of the only way we're going to do that is by cultivating gratefulness. Yes. Yeah. Carl Henry said that the early Christians uh, did not say, look what the world is coming to. They said, look what has come into the world, uh, look who has come into the world in, in Christ. And so, yeah, the whole outlook is, uh, is fueled by the gospel, but it's so true. Does, isn't, doesn't so much of the news and, and 
uh, social media and podcasts and the voices, if the voices that the average Christian takes in are not thankful voices, they will not be able to cultivate a life of gratitude. Um, and uh, yes, Twitter is not a place filled with with gratitude. And, right. uh, and I think it's, you're right, it's essential to, uh, to acknowledge that. You know, one other thought that I had just related to pastors, and I think a cultural dynamic to be aware of, can be a tendency to a, a hyper-evaluation that can work against gratefulness. So that if after a Sunday service or if after a meeting, we're mostly aware of what could have been done better or where can we improve? And certainly there's a place to ask those questions. But it ought, if, a, if a pastoral team is immersed in um, constant evaluation and assessment in, that, in a way that highlights weaknesses and areas that need growth, it may be good to put pause on that for a period of time and to say, what do we have to be grateful for from this last Sunday? What do we have to be grateful for, uh, for how people are doing in the church and, uh, and intentionally put on that kind of gratitude as leaders? Excellent. I'm reminded, I, I don't remember who said this. You can, you can probably remember better than I can, Jared, but, but this is speaking of preaching and making the point that, look, make sure that the text work that you do it is the hero of the preaching. You know, it, it, it's the thing that people most remember, not, not necessarily your illustration or your presentation. And that strikes me of true in pastoral teams as they assess the church and as they evaluate a Sunday meeting. Like, it'd be good to ask ourselves the question, is our gratefulness that thing which we're most excited to give, that we're most burdened to give, that we, we, we're, we're most skillful and articulate in giving, or is that sort of the, the token intro to our long list of things that we're really passionate about pointing out how we could have done such a better job? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and this is, as you said, not in any way to neglect the necessity of discernment and yeah. pointing out ways of, of, of improvement and excellence in pastoring and personal character. But man, those things go so much better when they're surrounded by an atmosphere of joyful gratefulness for the goodness of God, remembering that it's it's amazing that we get to do this at all. It's amazing that we get to be included. Um, that's the context context that you want the, the the any kind of critique to come into. Yeah. So yep. Amen. Let's be a let's be a grateful grateful people. Yeah, well, let's let's close there uh, so we keep these short. And uh, I know, Jared, you and I both want to say to any pastor listening, we are grateful for you and we are honored to serve alongside you. Yes. Uh, so may the Lord make us grateful pastors. Yes. See you next time. <laughs>